This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What's up everybody, welcome to another episode of the Only Friends Podcast, episode number 74, day 74, and we are without a young Landon Tice. We are. Landon made the main event final table last night. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Damn sure it did. Landon uh, grinded from 18 down to 10. Yep. Landon is not here with us today because he is a fanboy at heart. Who, who's a better rel, Landon or me? Well, they're different. <laughs> they're very, way very different. different. The problem it's is you, way different. you would have never made it that long. Oh, I'd have been blacked out. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have been like off in like a corner somewhere sleeping. Let's, uh, you know, he, we, we warned him. We did just yesterday. We warned him because <laughs> I, I can't, I can't miss an episode. This is what you guys are gonna do when I'm not here. Yes, <laughs> we do gaslight no. everybody who doesn't yeah. show yeah. up. It's a real yeah. problem. Yep. Do you think Landon Tice was on the rail yesterday as a an emotional support service animal? You know, you get in Queens versus Ace King, young Landon's there and says, hey, th this is totally fine. The machine says that for 45 big blinds, regardless of ICM on the biggest stage on it. Do you think Landon Tice, when lefty folded Ace Queen on King, Queen, Queen, Deuce, Deuce, was there going, no, no, the machine will not allow this. You just take your lumps and you exit the tournament right here, right now. I feel like this was Landon's role on the rail. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is why he needed to be there until they played down to the final 10. Well, somebody's got to do it. Someone needs to be mm -hmm. there to, to pat the bust outs on the back and say, hey, when your time comes, you die. <laughs> Who better? Who better uh, than a young spirited Tice? Young child of the Sim. Do you think he played the role of Dan O'Brien? For those who had an early demise prior to the I mean, the final he should table. know it off by heart by now, right? <laughs> as, as they exit the arena, yep. instead of walking up to Kara Scott to get their interview, Landon intercepts them <laughs> and goes, hey, I just want to pass along some advice that Uncle Dan told me. <laughs> um, this, this is probably the best run you'll ever have of your life. <laughs> in no way, shape, or form should you expect to duplicate said run. Speaking of the best run uh, you'll ever have in your Shut life. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Turn the goddamn TV off. <laughs> oh, slow clap for Berkey 7. Oh, yeah. Good guys. job, Berkey. Oh, I know you're referencing the Pirates. Oh, no, <laughs> no. no. I did too. I was referencing your 7th place. 100%. LeMan is watching the Pirate game while he is uh, participating it's, in this podcast. It's 1-1 in the 8th. Do you want me to? 9th. I got out of the inning. got out. See? I 100% thought that he was referencing when he said speaking of a good run. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I died uh, a painful, painful death. I mean, it was a good run. It's hard to win tournaments, man. So hard. It's so fucking hard. It was a, uh, it was a very weird dynamic. It was actually very similar to the uh, dynamic of the main event table yesterday, or the final eighteen. So when they redrew, somehow, uh, one table of nine yesterday in the main event had a stack, had an average stack of like thirty bigs. And the chip leader was only like 50 bigs. I think like 24 million or 25 million was like the, the top stack. At the other table, there were four or five or six stacks maybe that were like at the, at the 50 big blind 
plus threshold, including the the chip leader and second in chips. So it's this weird, it's this weird thing that takes place where when that distribution happens, the tournament is going to slow to a crawl because now you have all the medium stacks that are super super ICM sensitive at one table, and they're all effectively incentivized to collude not not to collude that's the wrong word i don't want to put a negative connotation to it right but they're they're incentivized it's an unspoken to, agreement yeah they're incentivized to just swap blinds yeah and just wait for the large stacks to apply a ton of pressure at the other table uh and that's what happened in our event so when we split to two tables uh i was chip leading csm was two to my right Second in chips. Who's CSM? Cocksucker Miskowski. Okay. Uh, and, then, and then there were uh, three other stacks that were within 10 blinds of us. So I think I had like 50 or 60 bigs. He also had like 50 or 60 bigs. And then there was like three or four more stacks that were 35 blinds plus uh, with like two shorties. At the other table was uh, the, the biggest stack was 28 bigs. And the smallest stack was like 15. So it took five plus hours to play from 18 down to 10. And when that happens, you lose so many levels, right? Like, uh, so I was chip leading with 6 million when we got down to the final 18. And when we got to the final, when, when we were down to 13, the chip leader had 5.5 million. Mm-hmm. So nobody had separated because at our table, we have these weird dynamics where like the two top stacks are right next to each other. And then everybody else is like a medium to top stack. And at the other table, everybody is sweating the pay jumps because they're not last in chips. They're not even close to last in chips, but they're like the dead median. You know, they're, they're 20 blinds, 25 blinds, whatever. And they're just playing really, really tight and really, really slow. It was painful to watch. I don't know how it must have been. I can't imagine how painful it was to, to be at the table, just trying, just waiting to get to the final table. And it's just like, there was like, what, two hours and nobody busted? There was like six, 16 people. Left, at least two hours. Yeah, at least two, two full levels. Nobody busted. I'm just getting drunker and drunker. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I'm like, I just have to keep drinking. I showed Why up. are we not at the final table yet? I showed up and Brian just gives me. What's poppin', Connie? <laughs> in the loudest form I've ever heard in my life. I don't know. I just wanted to know what was Yeah, poppin'. I won one all in at the final table, and LaManna went apeshit. <laughs> and the Poker Go uh, Security came over, yeah. I, they heard it, I heard it on the stream. The they, they referenced it. Ali, <laughs> Ali referenced that uh, perhaps some of the outside noise you hear... <laughs> Is due to a deep run by a Yinzer. <laughs> yeah, they're like, um, they're like, you, like, they're like, you, you just have to be a little quieter. It's like you're, 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 you're interfering with with the main event stream. I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try. Probably last. It's okay. Right. I didn't win another hand, so no, that you was didn't. Fine. There was nothing else to cheer for. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a it was an annoying experience. I was talking to Dan about it this morning. He's like, you know. Uh, what do you think about the final two tables play? I was like, it's very rare that I look at like late game in a tournament and not look at a bunch of spots that I, I wish I could have played differently. I don't have any of those. Like I lost a flip for chip lead. Uh, so right as soon as I got up to 6 million, I ended up putting, uh, playing a 4 million chip pot with ace king versus queens, flop the joint, just comes queen jack 10 and he turns me dead. Um, so now the stacks are distributed 4 million, 4 million, 4 million. 
And it's like, okay, well, this is going to be a fucking nightmare. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was one point with, uh, we were on a pay jump. So I want to say it was with 13 left or 12 left, wherever that pay jump is uh, prior to the, to the final 11-10. Um, we were on a pay jump and there was, the, the big blind only had four bigs and the chip leader had opened uh, and it folded to him and he's in the tank. And at the other table, uh, it went raise, three bet, four bet all in. Or it just went, went raise, three bet, shove, something like that. And now the person who had opened the covers is also in the tank. So now what's happening is both players are trying to out-tank each other <laughs> in an instance where neither is incentivized to make a decision until something happens, right? So we call the floor over. Uh, and here's where we made the mistake. Somebody called clock on our table, which is what got the floor over there. But what we should have done is say, hey, Clock both these guys simultaneously, right? Of course. So we say that, uh, like, so the floor comes over, we call clock or whatever, and it's unfair to the guy with four blinds. Be, I mean, it's slightly unfair, right? He only has four blinds. The other guy's all in for like twenty, um, but he's now the one getting the clock put on him because nobody's doing anything at the other table because it mm -hmm. looks like a bigger decision, right? And we're like, can you please clock the other table too? This is this is unfair. And the floor looks at me and goes, nobody over there called clock, and it's like. You're the TD, man. Yeah. Use your discretion. Like, right. this is obviously a bad situation for one of these players, and it's unfair, and you have the right and ability as the tournament director to rectify that. And they should know, like, it's not like this has never happened before. This is what I've been talking about all week, <laughs> where uh, upper management in, in most, if not all, uh, tournament tours, with the exception, I would say, of, like, Poker Go. I think that those guys are fantastic because they have to be running high rollers, right? They've, they, they get privy to strategy so much faster because everybody else is mimicking what the best in the world are doing, right? And it's like they have to run a world-class operation, so they just get sharp much sooner. And it's also a small player pool. So they have to deal with these problems ahead of time because they're always going to present themselves in a 30-man field, right? Uh, but when you're talking about like bigger open fields... WPT has done an okay job of handling it, bringing in the action clock. Uh, WSOP has not addressed it at all, um, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, when you start to get to the smaller tours like mid-stakes poker tour and, and all these other things, uh, I'm certain that they don't have answers either. What you find is that the, the management working these events are not sharp on MTT strategy. And in the past, they didn't need to be. But you absolutely do now because the majority of the strategy is manipulating the structure. Mm -hmm. Whatever structure you give me, my job as a professional is to manipulate the weaknesses in that structure and garner more EV out of it. And that's actually what's happening. And there are reasonable voices in the community who know a lot of what to do in MTTs to garner EV and that are saying, stop this. More and more people are learning this. Correct. And so it's, yeah. it's happening more often. Right, or they'll just mimic, yeah. even if they don't know why they're right. doing it. Like uh, a recreational at the final table yesterday asked me, he goes, can you answer me why they leave a chip behind? And he had just been leaving a chip behind mm -hmm. when he goes all in. He didn't know why, he just knew it was good. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I explained to him why. He goes, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. And mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, of course. So, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a problem, it's probably not. But things like stalling and uh, basically pay jumps as a whole are creating massive, massive structure issues that if we don't have a shot clock, 
really deteriorate the tournament as a whole. Um, you know, outside of one guy collecting a, a bunch of chips because uh, he won a couple core spots, we got to the final table and the average stack was like 20 bigs. Mm-hmm. That sucks in a tournament where the average stack was like 50 the whole way through or 40. You know, the hour level structures are really good, um, but man, they get obliterated coming down the stretch. And the same thing happened in the main event. You know, last night we saw they, they got down to 18 at 1130, I think. They wrapped at 7 o'clock in the morning. So wild. That's a full day of play, man. <laughs> that is a full day of play. After playing six 12-hour days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the endurance is insane. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane, but it's also predictable. And it's unfair that we can see these problems in advance and don't do something about it. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to talk about this later, but it, it seems like a, as good a time as any to bring it up. Um, you know, Twitter was ablaze last night. A lot of really strong voices in this community are saying, like, you know, this can't happen. And the reason why it's coming to light this year specifically is because, again, strategy keeps evolving. So these 18 players are significantly more aware of how to ladder, how to be ICM sensitive, how to take your time. I mean, we saw we saw multiple hands that cracked the 10-minute mark for mm-hmm. a single hand, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, the, there were a handful of tweets that came out. AMAC uh, that you just saw. Basically said, you know, this is the biggest spot ever. You can't be playing this long. Same thing with Landon. Uh, you know, putting in a 17-hour day. Dan Smith also uh, basically talking from his own experience, saying, like, you know, I've played a, uh, a or this was the best run World Series uh, by a huge margin, um, but allowing them to play this long of a day on day seven after putting in six 12-hour days is just egregious. Seaver, same thing. What you have to bear in mind is, like, this is the time where the majority of the money is on the line. This in the final table, right? And the final table, they do a great job of breaking it up. Mm -hmm. They don't say, hey, we're going to play to a winner because they know it'll take 20 hours. Right. So they say, hey, we're going to play from nine to six or 10 to six. And then we're going to play six to three and then three to a winner. I think this year it's half and half. They played a four and then then they finish it. That's scary. Yeah. That's dicey. They're going to play from 10 to four and then finish it out the next day. We're looking at long days, man. We're looking at long days. Last year, uh, last year they got saved. Because nobody seemed to give a shit about pay jumps. And honestly, it probably had a lot to do with the massive, uh, like it was so flat from 10 to 18 that I imagine nobody gave a shit. It was about getting ninth, yeah. ninth or better, right? Um, but there was a mat, there should have been a big bubble. Oh, well, actually, that makes sense why there wasn't because they play a 10 handed final table. Mm-hmm. So there should have been a big bubble at 11th. But it doesn't really matter because laddering to 10th does nothing for you except get you at the final table. Mm-hmm. You need to actually ladder to 9th. Um, but now that they actually made those jumps smaller and it's a little less, or it's more flat, I guess, across the board from 18 all the way to 1, uh, you see what we saw last night, right? And, and that should be the way it's structured. But this now needs to be set. You need to play from 35 down to 18, call it a day. Mm-hmm. They'd put in a full 10 hours, call it a day. What do we think about shot clocks in the main? Um, like when we get down to like 100, 100 players or so, I don't think it's necessary with two hour levels. Yeah. yeah, I felt like it wasn't, um, there was no excessive tanking, like preflop tanking and stalling and stuff like that. People were legitimately in big decisions yeah. when they tank, so yeah, um, yeah, I think that's true. I think that those of us who are a little bit more grizzled in the game are a little bit less patient for like an eight minute decision, like the yeah. Attenborough hand, even though it, it's justified, 
Yeah. Right. I, I fully do think it's justified. It's just I don't know. I don't know that it matters all that much if he has two minutes to think about it or eight. That, that's what I was going to say. Like, at, at some point, you've ran through all the information in your head and you just don't know what to do. Or, you know, you're, you're stuck at a point where you're, where you're just like, up. yeah, so you just sit there. Like, it's not like he's, I mean, maybe he, he knew is, he had like, to call. The way he put it in, he's just like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Show yeah. me the nuts. <laughs> like, are you going to think about something different after 10 minutes, you know, after five minutes? Maybe you are. I don't know. Well, maybe I mean, you're, maybe you're trying the, to get a read. Maybe yeah, there's the element of waiting wrong. the guy out. Yeah, there's, right, right. There's oh physical reads. Oh, my God. Sitting there for eight. I really empathized with uh, Dobrik in that moment. Hold your poker face for eight minutes. Sitting there for eight minutes. <laughs> like, I would yeah. have sweat dripping mm -hmm. down my... I would be yeah. like that meme of that guy with the sweat. And like the Honestly, biggest I might just too. break after like three and just be like... Just take it, man. Yeah. Just take it. Yeah. This, is take it. this is too much. Like it, it's just so painful to Let sit me there. out of the cage. When, Shit, and if you that's could the case, tell then. that he was gonna call. Like mm -hmm. he was just like yeah. sort of mustering it up. You could yeah, tell yeah. he was gonna call. I obviously so didn't just see sitting the there hand, knowing so. that he's gonna call and he's just delaying it and you're like, is there any chance he's gonna fold? Like, no. Oh my god, but I have to sit here like this and pretend that it's like I have the nuts. It's just like you're sitting there, it's so much pressure. I would be like pouring sweat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's definitely a part of him that probably just wanted to die to get out of the yeah. cage. Like Although, just... <laughs> you know, he is Eastern European. He's seen darker days. I'm sure that there was a part of him just like, I don't care. Yeah. He's like, this is the hand. I don't care. I am going to break you one way or another. <laughs> and then he got his chips right back. Like, yeah. After yeah. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that as, as we go. I, I want to kind of put a bow on this. Uh, well, first, uh, that happened at the final table yesterday where one of the recreationals jammed and one of the guys who was uh, like top three in chips goes into the tank. And it honestly was like, for all intent and purposes, it was a trivial spot. Like, it's pretty clear fold spot. Uh, just the way the texture had run out in the action, it's like, it's a really under bluffed line already. Like, it's really hard to find bluffs. And the fact that it was coming from a wreck, it was like almost a 0% chance he was bluffing. But uh, the kid was in the tank for five minutes. And I was just like, okay, like, clock. And everyone's like, come on! I'm like, what do you, what do you mean, come on? It's been, this isn't the main Completely event final table. reasonable amount of time. Yeah, he Beyond. literally just took 10% of a level yeah. to dis make a decision that's always going to yield fold. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just folding here. 99% mm. of the time. And when he does it, it's almost certain to be a mistake. But, like, I don't think if I give him another six minutes, he's going to make said mistake. So let's get on with our lives. Like we have to normalize calling clock. Yeah. I, I think that that if if we're not gonna have any other corrections take place, yeah, we literally have to normalize. I think it. Like, pre flop, well. pre flop, it makes sense. Uh, I don't did did I tell the pre flop story yesterday where I couldn't get the floor to oh, clock yeah. the guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told it to you in the car. Oh, did no, I tell it on no, the pod? No, I don't think you told it on the. You pod. said it in WhatsApp. Okay, yeah. so with uh, we were were we in the on the bubble or on a pay jump? Um. Either or. We were either on the bubble or on a pay jump. And it was a pay jump because it was less than a buy-in. Yes. It was yeah, a $1,500 yeah, yeah. pay jump yeah. for a $2,500 right. tournament. Uh, so we were on a pay jump, and there was a euro at my table who had like four and a half blinds. And we just started a new level. So the clock had literally just reset. Our second hand at the table. And it folds to him. And uh, I'm watching the clock. I'm in the blind, so I'm super invested. And he takes a full minute and hasn't acted yet. And I'm just like, okay, I see where, like, this can't happen. Clock. And the dealer is, like, flustered. Like, why would you ever clock someone pre-flop? Like, she just doesn't understand. I'm like, clock. 
And she's like, what? And I just get out of my chair and yell floor. So he's like. <laughs> Old man yells at cloud. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> definitely Berkey. <laughs> I mean, he's just like, what, what, what's going on? So he comes over. He's like, what's the problem? I was like, clock. And he looks at this kid who's like sitting preflop. And he can't believe that I'm calling clock on someone preflop. I'm like, it's been two minutes. So the, the, the clock now has like 5730 on it. And the floor has not initiated a clock call yet. And he's like perturbed. So as he goes, has he had enough time? The kid folds. I'm like, and I look at him, I go, stick around, please. Yeah. And the floor just blows me off. Like, I don't know what he was doing. Probably coloring up chips unnecessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It's just like this idea that there are four tables left and the floor needs to be doing due diligence to get smaller chips off without a color up break is crazy. Yeah. It's like, you're going to have a break soon enough to do all of this. Yeah. And it's only four fucking tables, man. Relax. Help us navigate the structure better. Please do your job. So the very next hand, it folds to him and I give him 20 seconds. After 20 seconds, it's very clear he has no interest in acting. I all clock again. This poor dealer, like she just doesn't, she doesn't get it. And she's like, not upset with me, but she's like taken aback. And now I'm like getting visibly frustrated. So I yell for the floor again and he comes over and he's like, what? I'm like, clock, like clock. And the other euros at my table are like, come on, man. I'm like, what do you mean? Come on. I'm chip leader of this tournament. And this guy's taking over a minute, two hands in a row to yeah. act. Yeah. And so uh, now <laughs> this is, this is where like, I almost lost it now before he can initiate the clock call again, the kid shoves for all but one chip. <laughs> And I'm like, okay. So he shoves for like four blinds, folds to the big blind. The floor's walking away. And I go, don't leave. Don't leave. Right. The other guy goes all in. The big blind goes all in, comes back to this kid, and he starts tanking again. And I give him more time than I should because somebody was all in at the other table. Uh, I give him like 45 seconds. And I go, clock. And now the floor finally like initiates it on him because he has one goddamn chip and now it clicks in his head like oh i see the game he's yeah, playing here yeah it's like yeah you think mm -hmm. this is why i argued so hard with apollo where he was just like oh just keep the floors around they're really reasonable not only will they clock him every single time but yeah. they'll keep reducing the amount of time that he has in his clock so like no they fucking don't <laughs> and no they won't like sure yeah. should they yeah but like you know especially big field events we were talking about like the millionaire maker it's like bro there's a hundred tables left. Nobody is, nobody's orchestrating a clock call for you. Right, you can't. Uh, so he doubles that hand, and I'm just like, this is going to be an absolute nightmare. Fortunately, I cooled him off the next hand, and he was dispatched of, and we got to the pay jump. But he actually made the pay jump, so good for him. And I want to be clear, like I wasn't upset with him. I understand what he's doing. He's, right. Everything he's yeah. doing is within the rules. Mm -hmm. It's just like, holy fuck, man, if we don't do something to correct for this, we're just going to be playing these structures where when all the money matters, it's a giga turbo. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like kind of what it turned into yesterday. One guy yeah. had all the chips. Everybody else was 20 to 25 bigs. I know that does happen in like a lot of tournaments. It's funny because like I do that stuff when I'm playing online tournaments, like yeah. leaving the one chip behind tanking, but it's like, I feel worse doing it live. Well, you should, because there's no, there's no boundaries. Yeah. There's, no, there, there, there's a clear boundary that you can't cross online, which is expiring your time bank. Right. Once that's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? But live, it's just like, if I hadn't clocked this kid the first hand, he might have literally tanked. He might have <laughs> tanked for six full yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's just like... The five big blind average at the final table. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, uh, 
the whole the whole bigger point I'm talking about is that like TDs and floor persons and higher ups that are creating structures have to get somebody to consult with them with regards to modern day strategy. Mm-hmm. They just have to, man. This is as bad as like a baseball manager not having an analytics guy. Like you have to be tapped in to what the field is doing and how they're taking advantage of your oversights. And that's all they are. All of these structural problems, all of the tanking problems, they are all oversights by the people who are managing these events. And they absolutely can be corrected for. Maybe there's no perfect solution. I'll admit to that. But like there are solutions. There are steps that can be taken. That payout structure was wild though. Which Tenth, one? W- uh, yesterday for your, for your tournament. Oh. It was like 30K for 10th on the unofficial final table. Yeah. First place was 500K. Uh, six figures started at fourth place. So it was just like a small, tiny, it was like 30K, then like 40K, then 50K, then 60K. Then it's just like, woof. Yeah. And all the money. I actually think it was okay, though, compared to uh, some of the other ones I saw. Like, I thought the, the housewarming one was really egregious, where it was, um, it was like 700 to first and 400 to second. Like, those discrepancies should just never be taking place in, sure. in, in a final table format. You want it to be... Honestly, the flatter it is, the less pay jumps matter and the less tanking and, and shit like well, that. Well, that's what I'm place. saying. Like, even at the final table, it's going to be a nightmare. It's so brutal because these pay jumps matter so much. Why I is know it not? You're not going to have the tanking because it's only one table, right. but it's still like play gets, I don't know. Why is it not like universal? Like, why isn't every tournament the that's, same? That's my biggest like, issue. I, I don't I've been saying this like, for years. I mean, when you play online, like, every, like they just have a payout table and you can see. Of, there's this many people they pay this many spots and here's the percentages right and i think it's the same for all of them all of them right uh, so and they have the liberty not... to pay differently if they want to yeah but no one does because it's right. just industry I understand standard. some of the tournaments where it's like we're guaranteeing this at the first place then you have to obviously manipulate it but like just a normal random 2500 be the same as the normal random 5k or I, I just random, think that there's right? i think that there's a lot of arrogance around the autonomy for being the head of uh, whatever event or tour or whatever it is that you run, right? Like, to do. <laughs> well, it's not that. It's no, more so that like, yeah. you want to try to advertise that you do something better yeah. than the competition. Yeah. And I think, I think that autonomy should be there, right? There should be room for innovation, but there shouldn't be room for contrarians for the mm-hmm. sake of contrarian, right? Like, there's just no need for it. Like, yeah. sure, if you want to run a winner-takes-all uh, format, where you facilitate chops if they so deem to do so, and that's every payout table for you, great, do it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's stupid, but, like, you'll fail because of it. Like, try it, whatever. Uh, in a small field, it's probably okay. But the, the bigger point is that, like, it's, it's so hard for the consumer now. You're basically forcing the consumer to project or predict how you're going to run your event based off of just the structure sheet. And they also need to predict then what liberties you'll take with subject to change at tournament director's discretion. They have to project or predict uh, what your payout table will be. Um, And I know that like, you know, WSOP has a calculator or whatever, but uh, it's not that easy to to utilize. We tried to do it for the millionaire maker and you you were uh, pretty fixed on having to guess the field size. And, you know, basically like the variables are just too much. And uh, it's not going to help you all that much. Um, I think that like 
if we were able to start standardizing uh, structures and payout tables, at least as a default, like here's the standard structure, here's the standard default payout table, et cetera, et cetera, and encourage people heavily to use it, but give them the autonomy to yeah. shift off of it. Like basically, if they had to advertise that this will not be a TDA structure or will mm -hmm. not be a TDA payout table. Right. Now, we're a lot more educated. We're not guessing. And I'm, I'm all for this, right? Do that. That's great. But, you know, there's no reason to just like buck trends for the sake of being stubborn. Like, oh yeah, I don't want to have shot clocks because fuck these people. <laughs> that's what it feels like. Yeah. I know that's not what's actually being said, but right. that's what it feels like. You know, it's, it's not like we don't have the, the manpower technology to run it with four people or four tables left at an event. Uh, just seems kind of crazy. Cost a lot of money to get iPads, man. Nah, <laughs> please. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, on a, on, a, on, a, on a side note adjacent to that, these fields are remarkable this year. They're yeah. popping. Yeah. They Holy are popping. They are fucking popping. <laughs> I thought the 5K freeze out yesterday was going to bomb. I this thought it was going to have like 150 runners with yeah. Venetian competing, yeah. offering a better structure and a guarantee. And it blew up. How many did it get? When I busted with two hours of reg left, it was 750 people. Really? And it's a freeze out. It wasn't even a re-entry. The one I final tabled last year was five. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, obviously we knew we were going to see an increase post-COVID. Yeah. If we can call this post-COVID. But... Um, these field sizes are just out of this world, man. Like, this is the second time my final table to 2,500 freeze out. Uh, I guess this was one re-entry. The first time was a freeze out. Uh, and in 2011, it was 725 for first. So the fact that we're, we're getting closer yeah. Yeah. to yeah, those, and also it only paid 10% of the field. So it was probably only 1,500 runners compared to like the, the 1,250 that they got this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is and the second the, the, biggest main event in history. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, the 5K got 736 runners, and it's uh, 665 the first. Oh wow, man, Booker that's popping. That's crazy. That uh, maybe registration wasn't open as long as I thought it was. Yeah, or maybe I busted later than still, I thought. Still, still great. But yeah, that, that's 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 really good. Um, uh, yeah, and again, like the end of summer uh, 5K that I found on table in 2013. Uh, first place. Would you say first was in this? Six sixty-five. Okay, so it's very close. And again, uh, twenty thirteen, it paid ten percent. I think it was like seven ish to first. Um, probably about the same, like mm -hmm. somewhere between six hundred. Uh, actually, probably somewhere between like eight hundred and a thousand runners. So, like, yeah, I mean, maybe we just keep seeing these bigger prize pools and uh, bigger fields. Because money's just cheaper. Yeah. Right? Like, that, that mm -hmm. has to play a part, I would assume. Yeah, I think that this main is getting some reach, too. Yeah. I've been seeing, like, I sent something, some, someone I was following from not poker, like, talking about poker. Just seeing it. Like, I think, uh, I think it's really good that Poker Go is sharing, like, the first two hours on YouTube. Like, I think that's great put the rest behind a paywall, whatever, but at least people have something to watch. There's like 22,000 concurrent. You know, we used to watch the whole nine days live. I know. For free. I know. Yeah. On, ESPN. on ESPN, yeah. I know, but no one watches TV anymore. Yeah, true. 
Yeah, but if I mean if it were on, yeah, it would. I'm sure it would do twenty thousand concurrent. Yeah. On ESPN, probably. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The numbers weren't great. Uh, they very rarely actually got flagship coverage. It was like just the final table, mm-hmm. and it was almost always ESPN two, uh, ESPN U, ESPN the Ocho. <laughs> you know espn light we, we are we are we are absolutely the redheaded stepchild of mm. uh the sporting community for sure uh i think we rank just above darts oh no you know what gets more coverage uh professional cornhole i was just about to say, <laughs> god damn yeah. it you, you, you undercut me I, I was just about to say we're just above darts and just below cornhole i see it in poker rooms all the time yeah it's always on the t why is it always on tv and i was gonna rooms? go with curling. everybody can play cornhole <laughs> everyone can play cornhole and everyone i look up and it's like mike the situation playing cornhole professionally yeah, yeah. Like, really what's going on it happens a lot in the midwest everyone professional cornhole shut the fuck up Conway. <laughs> Everyone thinks they're great at cornhole too. It, it honestly has the same stigma as poker. Like it's Everyone a game thinks where they're good at it. Yeah, it's an everyday game where literally, if you've ever thrown a bag, you think you're the best. Yeah, the worse you are at it, the better you think you are. Yeah, like sex. <laughs> I don't know that that's. Yeah, oh, maybe. I'm, amongst men, we all think we're Adonises. I mean, oh, really? I'm, I'm yeah. so good at cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> Which cornhole are you talking about? <laughs> Yo, the pirates got out of the fucking. Shut the fuck up! I want to tell you guys so bad what happened, but I don't know if you will let me. Like, look, this is—it's not poker. It's not baseball related, but it's something that happened in the game. I'm gonna turn it off. Yeah, this this is the thing about about the game is that uh, (laughs) I don't care that you're sweating it, and I do want to know what's going on because I care about the pirates at least ten percent. But the problem is, no one else is watching what you're watching. No, I know. So talking about things as though like they just have a quick that's, reference to pick why, up a highlight of the fucking bucket. I didn't bucko. say anything. Did I, I say know. Anything? I'm talking yeah. to Conrad this time. Okay, but here's what happened. I need well aware too, but I just you know. You don't care. <laughs> yeah, I get it. You don't care about okay, this podcast. One of our runners was was stole second base, and when he came up, he hit uh, the the either the shortstop or the second baseman, and immediately blood started coming out of his mouth. And he's like runs and he's like calling the trainer. And then I didn't see what happened because we were talking. And then like five minutes later, I just see the trainer going out to the to the field. And he walks out to the middle right by second base, reaches down, picks up the guy's tooth. Oh and no! Walks back to the dugout. Oh no! <laughs> his tooth was just laying there, what? like uh, in the in the Why dirt. Why does he need that? Why does he need his tooth? Yeah, yeah. hockey players would just left. Yeah. It. I mean, can it's you put not it back any on? use to him. I anymore? think it's just they just didn't allegedly. Want it on if you put it in milk, they can <laughs> reattach it. I don't. I don't know this if that's. Sort of fake I mean, you reattach fingers. Like, why can't you reattach teeth? I think I don't know, man. I think that's folklore. Uh, when I was when I was, I was in third grade. I went up for a jump ball playing football on the playground, and uh, me and Mike Shut collided face to face, and he knocked one oh, of my I teeth out. Oh, I remember that. Uh, and the teacher was afraid that it wasn't. A baby tooth because it was a molar uh-huh so she was afraid it was a permanent tooth oh, uh-huh and so do you remember bubble yum yeah the, the or the the six foot oh yeah, uh, the yeah. Wrap, bubble the, tape yeah bubble yeah. tape yeah so they they came in like these uh cases and it like popped open kind of like a retainer mm-hmm. case uh-huh. she pours a fucking cup of milk in it and puts <laughs> my tooth in there <laughs> we go to the dentist and he looks at it and he goes this is a baby tooth that just <laughs> <laughs> 
fairy, man. Uh, yeah, I uh, know. You just lost out on like two yeah, bucks. That guy just cost you money. Might get a, a nickel. Oh. <laughs> um, but the funniest part of it all is that I had braces at the time. So the reason why I was able to even salvage the tooth is because when it came out, it was still stuck to the brace, just like dangling in my mouth. Uh, that must be such a weird feeling. Wait, he also had braces. braces. His mouth on, was just like obliterated. You have braces on your baby teeth? Oh, actually, no, you're right. Uh, no, you're I right. I got that. braces later. He had braces. He had braces. Mm -hmm. That that was... Oh. So you're right. I don't know how I ended up with the <laughs> tooth then. Yeah. Talking about knocking out teeth stories. I was playing basketball oh. at the time. And, oh, um, no. Yeah, I know. I'm going up for a rebound. And my cousin, distant cousin, whatever, he's like 6'8", 300 pounds. He's under there. I hit him with an elbow, I knock out his tooth. Move on, fast forward a couple minutes, I go into the locker room getting ready to leave. But one of his friends <laughs> comes in there and <laughs> takes the tooth and he throws it up in the air and he says, remember this. Okay? Oh my God. <laughs> <All that. laughs> now they're with like, like a crew of people. To me, my friends, Jamel, Nick, and two girls. And I was like, yep, all right, so this is how we're gonna do this one, guys. There's a front door and there's a back door. You guys are going to go out the front door and get the car. I'm going to go out the back door and I'll meet you over there. <laughs> oh that started gosh. a huge war at my school for a very long time. But Wait, why did he throw the tooth at you? Because I knocked it out. They didn't like that. Oh, so he was about to like beat you up. Oh, I mean, they were going to try, but I'm a little quick. Okay. <laughs> so that was like... That I was like the Conrad doesn't pretend to be tough. He's just like... No, I'm I'm slick with it. I, yeah. I get out of there. Time out, time out. If you guys saw the group of people that they were with, there you want to talk about a silverback gorilla? <laughs> you want to talk about a, yo, nah. Yo, zero percent chance I was going out the front door. Oh man. I was like, nope, I'm out. Yep. That's being street smart. There's no pride here. <laughs> like, well, I'm like, I'm I'm I know what fights I can win. There's the a chance door. I can win. There's a chance I'm never. Waking up yeah. again. <laughs> yep. So I know LeMan didn't watch any of the coverage yesterday. He was too black the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, and Andre didn't watch it because he was too busy singing Celine Dion at karaoke. <laughs> to be clear, I was also we doing were that. sweating you the whole time. Guapa was there with me. Uh, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Brian was oh, fucking. Oh, yeah. That was a good good night. God, <laughs> he was toasted that yeah. yesterday night. Yeah, he was lit. Um, even this morning. I get messages from, from his fiance and she's like, hey, fiance, wife? No, that would require a ring, bro. Relax. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, Michelle. Yeah. And she's like, hey, Brian lost his phone. Can you, uh, can you find it for me? And then he also didn't have a car. Right. Because he was toasted last <laughs> right. night. I'm a like very responsible I drunk. I left my car at Bally's. It's yeah. still there. he gets blacked out and he turns into a homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I was so mad because I do pride myself on like getting blacked out and not losing my phone or my uh, wallet or my ID. Wow, and that's so impressive. I, I never do. I'm, I'm always very good with that. I would that. always come out of and I, this, I was so shattered. mad at myself that, but it just fell out of my pocket in Andre's I got to say though, there were so many sweet moments yesterday with Brian. Um, he's like the sweetest drunk I've ever met before <laughs> in my life. He just like, you know, put your hand on your shoulder and just like, Andre. I really appreciate you. <laughs> that's so nice. Oh, it's great so drug. nice. Wait, uh, how are you not hungover? Oh, I am. Oh, oh. He's, I, 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 uh, I popped a you know, handful of Advil this uh -huh. morning, which that when helps. that wears off, it's not going to be good. Yeah. There's a nap in my future for sure. But let me tell you, <laughs> if you guys ever want to know how to do any of the choreography from Taylor Swift, 
<laughs> he knows literally every single one. <laughs> it's incredible. Or the lyrics. Oh, I know maybe both. Lyrics and choreography. I made the choreography up myself. I mean, yeah. wow. that was imp that was improv. He really prides himself impressive. in his ability. Like to dance. he knows <laughs> he knows the songs that nobody nobody's heard before. You know, you aka like, the songs that thirteen year old girls yeah, listen yeah. to. Like, the, no, but listen. like if one of us has a daughter, he's the perfect uncle for a daughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you heard the Take song the Cardigan? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, I never heard that. Before. I mean, uh, he, he's an expert. Look, man, you're just, you know, you're not, you're not from I'm our not time. Do you do karaoke ever? No, I can't sing. I, I only oh. will do not the voice, uh, the deep voice guy fun. in Boys to Men. Yep. Okay. Baby. Yeah, most Baby, guys, I'm sorry. if they don't really want to sing, they'll go for like a deep, deep voice. Thing. Yeah, like that's, that's all Cash. I can bring to the table. That's what um, Henry was doing in Barcelona. I could, uh, I could do, I mean, the thing is that I know the words to like every song that I've ever heard. Um, but Sounds I'm like you're ready for karaoke. I'm Baby. so tone deaf. Not as tone deaf Why as Lamana, for what it's worth. Me oh, in the middle. Uh, <laughs> I'm losing my mind just a little. <laughs> So why don't you just meet me in the middle? The middle. In the middle. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> All right. Wow. Thank you, thank you. That was amazing. Thank you, well done, Connie. Oh, my God. Uh, Connie, why didn't you come yesterday? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Connie, would be great. I was fucking annoyed. I wanted to go home. He's popping, man. He's trying to get popping. The irony is Melissa can actually sing very well. I am... Not as tone deaf as Lamana, but I'm much more tone deaf than Conrad. <laughs> so wherever I fall in that spectrum, yeah, Conrad's not very. That wasn't very tone deaf. That's what I mean. That was like, uh, I I think that I think that I could do like rap karaoke, huh. but it would be offensive to anybody who likes okay. rap. Yeah, you know, you could uh, do Eminem. No, 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 not because of no, race. No. We, we, we tried that yesterday. And oh, yeah. It is it's, so it's difficult. Hard. It's not it because of so race. Hard. It's because of swag. Like, oh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just the corny guy who knows yeah. every yeah. rap lyric. You're so self-aware. Yeah, my, like, my prior uh, karaoke experience, I, I believe you were there, Berg. I think it was our friend uh, Nicole's birthday yeah, party. Yeah, yeah. And so, Berg is there. I, I show up. My parents are in town. I come with them. And... I believe it was you, maybe somebody else singing uh, Dick in a Box. Yeah. <laughs> and my Correct. dad just looks over at me. He goes, I never heard this song before. <laughs> Chico's great. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and nor should you. Yeah. Uh, I, wow. I think there is a solve for why, like, group uh, public karaoke session in our future. I think though. so. Yeah. Yes. You know, that would like be a, a lot select of fun. amount of people, only mm -hmm. like 10 people qualify. Right. But, <laughs> yes. Uh, I think that's like one notch above bowling for me and <laughs> one notch below top golf. Yeah. Yeah. Top that's perfect. So I was going to say pop up, but I actually enjoy pop up. Yeah. Yes. Top golf. <laughs> um, did anybody else get a chance to watch the coverage? Yeah, watch I watched it? it till like 3 a.m. Okay, so you saw like, like I need to sleep. I can't. You but you saw like from 35 down. Yeah. Um, did you see the nine five hand? I don't know that I saw that one. I started watching sort of around when Nick and Ollie. Okay. Came on. Oh, oh no, Nick and Ollie did the call. Oh, Nick's they did. call on this is Who just was it? just okay, cut to the video, Guapo. It Nick absolutely crushes this call. I do, in front, I do believe yeah, a, from what we've a, seen from Batar, yeah, he thought Diaz raised. Uh, Sometimes you don't expect yeah, someone to limp. Yeah. Uh, I'd be surprised if he didn't think Diaz raised. We just kind of assume the default setting is a min-raise open. By the way, what a spot this is for Pochani. Oh, bigger, okay. 
But which city do you prefer? Or just different? They're both amazing. Sydney and Melbourne, uh, they have got Bondi real quick. The star's good. I grew up in New York City, so yeah. Melbourne just felt like a... Well, Johnny comes with the Rays 1.1. 1. 1. 1. 20, right? There's like COVID shut everything down. Yeah. Good time he to leave Australia, yeah, I guess. Big right. turn coming. Tom Pair, backdoor straight draws. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I must say, I, this... Yo, he caught... <laughs> this is one of the. <laughs> he did it again. He did. Wait a minute, but he's he got did. his hand face up. He did the ride the pony again and showed. Well, he was so eager to mount up that he then raised, flipped up his hand, it up. Hang on, ruling coming here. Excuse me. We're gonna need the repeat. Very interesting. Dynamics here, by the way. Six does come in. Interesting. Is it on me? I suppose. Obviously, all in. <laughs> he has his out. Is he going to it? <laughs> can we get a Can we get a, a replay of, of Bojani riding the pony there after min raising? Bojani. Okay. Diaz. Check min race. I'll make the call. Here we go. All right. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Diaz calls. Boom. Yes. Here we go. Boom. We didn't weep. You know, I, I, I kind of conflicted. Oh, there it is. He did hit it. <laughs> my man was getting it. Man. This is like hour one of the late night. Oh, <laughs> Showman's already losing it, man. I, I almost want to go back and re-listen to the final 18 because yeah. I can't imagine what 6 a.m. looked like for these two. Oh my it just had to be, I know. I want to go back and watch. I honestly think that there was probably waves where at some point they were both just so over it and just like so anxious for it to end and then the delirium sets in yeah and everything becomes funny yeah you know what i mean like it probably 5 6 a.m they're just like basically high right just kicking jokes <laughs> back and forth at least they, i mean they were on like hour what nine of at commentary. least yeah at least so at least it wasn't they had to do the whole yeah. no that's true but i mean those are long long days especially when you got a guy riding the pony Hour one, that's hard to hard to match. It, but it makes it easier because at least you have stuff to joke and that's talk true. about. It's much worse when you just have nothing going on. That's true. So I guess here. I guess what happened is he thought that Lefty folded to the min raise. That's yeah. the only thing that makes sense. And he was happy about it. <laughs> well, he's happy to drag the pot. Yeah. But, but I mean, the only other thing I can think of is somehow he thought that put him all in for like a click. And, <laughs> and then just was like, like he meant to go all in, or right? Something. But like he, he wouldn't be that happy. He still has to sweat it. Something, there. something yeah. fucked up happened. Yeah, it happens. But he's just wow. like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> How is the turn not a jack? <laughs> or, like, or even worse, like, or not worse, but like. Uh, the turns of 10 uh -huh. and now he just doesn't know what to do right because do you jam like, it's like uh, you just have queen 10 yeah. obviously you're 10 9 uh very very odd spot wow you know what would have been crazy if he turned his hand over and he saw it and then he just like bluffed him off it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well he didn't have the opportunity yeah, because yeah. uh he was in it. position uh but yeah that was a that was a wild turn of events um i think the next crazy hand since we're recapping uh, yesterday, the next crazy hand that came up was probably the Attenborough. Dobrik. Um, 
Sorry, what? The Dobrik one? Yeah, the Dobrik yeah. Attenborough. Finish runner-up. Yes. This would be a four-bet. It said three-bet. What have we here, Ali? Timeout. Dobrik. 21.6 in the middle, by the way. Back at the feature table, made it 1.2 million to go pre. Attenborough flattered from the small blind with this king-queen suited flop-top pair. Checked it. Dobrik fired 1.2 with the naked ace-4. Attenborough decided to put the raise into 4.2, then the third scoop out of Dobrich to 9 million, a flat from Attenborough, and suddenly 21.6 hangs in the balance, and that theme from when these two were seated at the secondary feature carries over. They've definitely been tussling, Ali. 21.6 in the middle, Dobrich with just ace of clubs, four of spades, and look at this. <laughs> Reaching for third, some odd, I believe. Kind of in the check calling business. How hard does Dobrich want to go with this one? 32.6 in the middle. Deuce on the river, sort of a, let's see. Attenborough checks it once more. Approaching one minute, 45 seconds on the well, decision. And he and does he come is. with jam. Here we are. Attenborough to a decision for his tournament life. Real Eastern European gangster there. Attenborough still in the tank. Head down now. This is a, I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what to do being declared there. Don't put it to oh my God, he finds the call. Somehow gets there and we have a new wow. chip leader in the main event. We sure do, Ollie. He's like emotional after, too. We sure Man. do. Weird things happen. What a so, Weird things happen hour 60. Yeah, so check raise, three bet flop. The three bet flop is like. Wild. Yeah. It, so here's the thing. <laughs> I got to wish Landon was here, but it's like we study MTTs, we study poker theory in general, and we recognize like. What is a thing and what is not a thing? Yeah. Three betting the flop, largely not a thing, but it exists. It yeah. exists in low frequencies. Uh, but you're not going to choose a zero EV hand to do, or mm -hmm. sorry, a zero equity hand to right. do it. Not that ace four zero equity, but it's ace four no backdoor is very, yeah. very like, low. Let's say, it's, it's you know, low he has like ace king. Trying to right, like, protect a, against draws and stuff. And even that hand is like, it has to be the weakest hand that would three bet at any frequency for value. Yeah. Right? So it's like, you have like a touch of ace king. Yeah. You're more so in That's... the king 10 and set range. And then as bluffs, I suppose you want to find hands that either mirror that value so like bottom pair type hands. I think it was a three. Bottom pair back doors. Yeah, so maybe. Like, like ace three with a backdoor flush draw <laughs> yeah. is a, se a seemingly reasonable candidate. Uh, a hand like maybe 10x blocking the king 10. Because he called out the small blind, so you don't have to worry about king three. Yeah. Uh, so blocking bottom set, blocking top two. Those seems like, seem like good choices. You're going to want to have some backdoor equity. And then maybe ever so slightly some gut shots mm -hmm. right like maybe the occasional jack nine yeah maybe the occasional uh ace jack seems too strong but like whatever maybe, maybe those hands sneak in there it, I, again we're talking about a low frequency play to begin with and then really low frequency hands the ace four always just hard 
it's a fuck you. You're not taking my pot yeah, kind of mentality. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I watched the story unfold in in He's like no motherfucker, this is my flop. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like watched it unfold in his eyes though, street by street because I've been there before. I I I recognize street poker when I see it. Uh-huh. And I know what it's like to not be calculated in a line. Yeah. But just have a feeling right. that's going to work. And <laughs> well, he sets up the, the river jam. And we were messaging on the river like he has to jam here, right? Right, because... Like, yeah, because the line... I have a sinking feeling because I am I know that feeling where you're like, you have to jam, but you're probably going to get called. <laughs> right, and, <you're>, <laughs> and your plan was... your plan. So, like, the the... 25% pot bet on the turn has no function whatsoever mm-hmm. other than to continue to tell the story that you're polarized yes. and will shove river for value. Yes. Right? But in theory land, what's probably happening is you start 2 eing on the turn, which is probably like either third pot or 40% pot. Yeah. So you go like 40-40. Yeah. But he recognizes that he can't do that. He needs well, a bigger river shot. Yeah. Right, because he needs to be able to, yes. to, to have the, the all-in pressure on the river yes. for main event life. And he doesn't want this guy to come committed to the pot now on right. the turn. Like he wants him to have enough behind that he can justify folding and finding a better spot. Like honestly, the way the thought process I think goes is you default to the mechanics that you know will function, which is a small three bet on the flop, quarter pot on the turn, all in for like three quarters pot on the river. But what what the thought process actually is is this three bet on the flop is going to work. And then it fails. <laughs> and you land on the turn and you didn't make an ace. Right. Right. And you're like, okay, well, I... I gotta win this somehow. I am gonna win this pot still, uh-huh. somehow. And it's not gonna be on this street. That's, that's very clear. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna bet quarter pot again. And I'm gonna hope to hit an ace again. And if that fails... Then I have to just bluff him. I hope I can find the courage. <laughs> and often, two times in my life, I've gotten to that river where it's clear the only reason you took the action up until this point was to be all in on the river. And I've looked the man in the face and just said, Stop no, moving. no, you know what? <laughs> Red flag or I white know. flag, I surrender. The, it, the issue is that like when you randomly somehow lose to a better ace high or yes. something there and he then just you're says just like I'm a serious idiot like, <laughs> it's a serious moment of pain so it's yeah. like the, you cannot get there and lose to right. not a king like if he's anything but a king you just have to jam right yeah yeah you jam or, or sorry you check back and he just tables the ace jack high <laughs> and you like, just tap the table yeah, 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 yeah. there you go just walk away yeah, that would be way worse than jamming and getting called by a hundred percent that is like legitimately instantaneously Nightmare. a qualification for you stink you are a huge <laughs> bitch a hundred percent a hundred percent man i i gotta tell you too uh it, it's so funny um you know making that final table yesterday it, it was a, a lot of younger european players who were kind of on the come up and i was chatting with some of them and man my reputation precedes me worldwide like i was i was in some spots obviously where i was navigating the short stack a lot and with icm and things of that nature you just don't defend the big blind as widely as you otherwise would and they're they're constantly making these comments of like you're really trying today it's like, <laughs> yeah, I am. How bad do you think I am? Actually, you know what? Don't answer that. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. But you know what? Maybe they saw me give up on the river in a spot like that. And now I understand. That's. Or they seen you not give up on a river. Right. That, that too does happen from time to time. Mm-hmm. Give up um, is a hard line to tell. 
It's difficult whenever you get out in the streets and you're it doing is. something that's obviously nonsense, yes. but you recognize that you found somebody with a capped range. Right. You're in no man's land. Yeah. And you're like, all right, well. Yeah. <laughs> Either I get shown a slightly better hand and want to die. Right. Or we run it. Right. Yeah. Hey, he ran it and uh, Attenborough. Am I pronouncing his last name right? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I always think of the voice actor. When I say that. David Attenborough. He's yeah. the best. Um, he, he was briefly the chip leader after that. Uh, shortly to be taken, overtaken by the two players that I actually know. I mean, I know him relatively well from playing poker uh, after dark with him. Or maybe it was high stakes poker. I don't Wait, remember. Who? Whatever. Attenborough. Uh, Attenborough. Oh, he played poker after dark? Briefly. He came in late to uh, some high roller cash game that they were running. Is he a cash player? Yeah, so I think we talk a lot more about the final table tomorrow uh-huh. uh, as like a preview of everybody, but he mostly plays cash from Australia, uh, or at least he had been mostly playing cash. He might have transitioned to tournaments now. Yeah. Uh, Matt Sue, who's chip leader, tied for chip lead, uh, also mostly a cash player. It's not surprising that like the cash players do well in this tournament. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, it's, it's a structure that as an MTT professional, probably makes you want to blow your brains out a little bit mm. uh just because you're forced to play in in nodes that you're studying less frequently yeah. right like there just isn't going to be a ton of study with icm implications taking place at the post 50 bl- big blind stack size yeah but you know it happened a ton yesterday unless and- it's like i would guess that people who play rest of world sites because i know like stars and stuff they'll have pretty deep final tables like average 50 60 it, it happens so. it happens but it's less common than you think and also that's at the final table so it's a lot more clear what the icm is yeah it's challenging with like three or four tables left. yeah uh we we're actually about to see a hand that launched espen into the chip lead with two tables left uh this hand's brutal because at, on the surface it just looks so standard Right, 50 big blinds, ace king versus aces. Every feature table, your stat is opened to 1.6 million. And Kunza has three bet him to 5.2. With his ace king, he is in heaps of hurt. See what your stat comes with. Refreshing seat change. Yeah. So he is coming out an assortment of pinks. Yep. And for Kunso, in the face of the four pad, let's observe Ace King off certainly starts to shrink up. Doubtful to have been lost on Kunza, but yet he does put the five bet all in out there. Snapper coming. Ace is Ace King. He sure does, Ali, and uh, you can feel the pain. Yours, Dad. Keeping the rail apprised. Burned down. Three off the stub. Oof. Spades working as well. And uh, that look about says it all. Somehow just a four to one favorite. Your stat. Spade would be. The Max torture card? Yeah. For your stat. A puckering card, if you will. Man, this, was, this was a sick tournament, man. I'm telling you, you see eight. Nice to feel alive again. I'm just trying to feel what absence is. Been dead. dead for so long. Feel my pulse. Fade the 10. Here it is. 
Seven of clubs. Wow, yeah. So I think that happened with 14 or 15 left. Uh, that's a massive ICM pot. Yeah. Massive. 100 and big blinds. It's like a two yeah. million dollar pot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, so I think that they were like 50, 55 big blinds effective to begin the hand. Uh, Espen opens under the gun. Uh, I can't remember his name. Is it Cruz or... Cruz or something. Cruz, yeah. yeah. Cruz of three bets, ace king, covering Espen. Seems probably reasonable. Yeah. Uh, I'm always saying that with a grain of salt because I'm sure more flatting starts to take place. In these tight, yeah, in these yeah. tight formations, when you're that deep, yeah, I. It's such I've a disaster seen, to play an all in pot with Ace King. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, for, I know, especially for fifty bigs. And yeah, I, I think like five bet ranges shrink to Kings Plus. Right, because he's not having as many four bet bluffs there. Correct. So yeah, both in. If anyone's gonna have four bet bluffs, like he will. It's for sure gonna be Espin, yeah. but uh, you know. But you not in that spot, necessarily. Yeah, and you'd almost rather have queens or kings than ace-king because you don't want to be blocking his suited wheels. Yeah, I mean, that are yeah, I, that's true, yeah. But he's definitely in never his mind, he's probably like, I'm blocking aces and kings. Right, which is obviously also blocking important. the four-bet bluffs. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, he's, I'm, I'm just relatively confident off 55, he's just not four-betting queens. Yeah. And if that's yeah, the case flatting, now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, if that's the case now, blocking aces and kings probably doesn't matter as much. Right. Because you're either against, like his range is probably uh, kings, aces, ace, king, maybe, like yeah. maybe, maybe really, only like ace, king suited. I don't know. Probably don't want to have that many four bet folds there. Like, so. Well, you don't have that many four bet get ins. Yeah, so exactly. it's like, if you only have, call it 15 combos <laughs> of hands that four bet for value. So like, let's say three combos of ace, king, uh, kings and aces and maybe kings don't even four bet all the time then you only need like a one group of suited wheel aces like maybe just ace five suited yeah to to be relatively balanced five ace four yeah so it's like uh i don't know man um i think that like the five bet is probably pretty punty i i think that this is one of those situations where with icm implications being what they are yeah and having uh i don't think uh, he was a chip leader at the point, but he was probably like second he or third. He had just, yeah, he was kind of running hot at that point. Like he had made a couple sets and yeah. gotten paid and he had just busted Tran. Um, and they said in, when they were calling it, they were kind of like, I wonder if him running hot has sort right. of any psychological effect. It's late in the day. Maybe he's thinking he's sort of has that invincible feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he might just jam it in and then he did. Well, that's the other thing. Like we're armchair quarterbacking. We didn't put in a 16 hour day right. yesterday, right? right. Like I, I'm just basically theorizing way after the moment. Right. Uh, I'm not criticizing him at all for yeah, getting yeah, in with yeah. Ace King. You can't make that big of just an error. Just the spot as it is. But yeah, like the spot in that moment with 14 or 15 left in the main with, uh, you know, a lot of money up top. Sure, you can make some cases that like maybe you got to run it here because you just win the tournament sometimes when yeah, you want to flip. Right. But I'm kind of making the case that I don't think he's you're flipping. You're not really flipping ever. Yeah. He's I don't not, think he doesn't have jacks for sure. He doesn't have queens probably. Right. And I'm not positive he has kings in full. Yeah. Which is really, really yeah. bad for Ace King. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. so he has like only aces <laughs> well not only aces but it's like aces with a mix of like ace king, king kings yeah and then whatever he's filling You're his best, whatever he's basically. filling his four bet folds with right. right maybe he's mixing in some small pairs maybe he's mixing in some small suited wheel aces like um but he's opening a, a, a relatively tight range it's not going to be uber nutted they're yeah. seven-handed yeah um, but I imagine that, you know, he's mindful of the fact that somebody covers him, uh, two to act behind. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, oh, it's, brutal. it's interesting. It's always fascinating to, to examine these spots a little bit deeper thereafter. Right. Um, which is a good segue into the final hand that we're going to look at, which was, uh, lefty David Diaz finds himself in a situation where he has the second nut boat on the Pick end. Pick it up. Well, third nut, but I guess. Barnes' situation, and my goodness, this is disaster for lefty Nick. Trip Queens. Binks on the turn. He's got a bunch of chips back. That's not nice. Such a great job of averting. Oh, man, this is cold. I suppose he defended against the Farns Open. We slid out to the outer feature where we had just seen Farns opening. I would assume most of us expect him to do is something like a 10 or jack of diamonds. Nineteen point six in the middle. Oh, indeed, Farns does flat. Now the deuce on the river. Not sure, Holly. JJ. Yeah. Some of the enchilada. Exactly sure what he's going for. Come on. Just wow. get away, bravo, sir. That's how you live to fight another day there, Ali. Sick. Show respect. Yeah, sick. Especially that lady. He didn't take that long to fold. Mm -mm. Well, it makes sense, right? Yeah, because right. when I was talking to Melissa about this in the car a little bit, uh, his value bet on the end is a lot thinner than it appears mm -hmm. because it's difficult for him to get called by worse, right? Mm -hmm. So he's kind of counting, he's targeting like, um, like ace king aces and ace high. Uh, I guess like jacks also, but yeah. I assume the flop went. I don't think ace high is gonna call there. Yeah, I I mean, I'm assuming the action went open by kings pre flat out of the small blind by uh lefty with ace yeah. queen, flop king queen deuce, and then I assume it either went. Well, judging by the size of the pot, it very likely went check bet call, mm -hmm. turn queen lefty blocks which is good, uh, kings then calls. So now it's like you're counting on in position. It's unlikely, I think, that he bets jacks or tens on flop, facing small blind defense. Mm -hmm. You're just against like a really dense queen, king, x Honestly, type of range. Honestly, that block on turn is... It probably is what... Because if he just check called, check called, like he's probably out. Yeah, for sure. He but has to be. The fact that he blocked, got called... 
then he did sort of like a 40% block. Facing a turn bet though is scary. Because when you don't, the reason why you block is because it should go check, check like 99% right. of the time. Yeah. Uh, so it's really scary. And then yeah. when the deuce comes off on the river, you're losing to one combo of deuces, three combos of kings, three combos of king, queen. So you're actually losing the seven combinations. Yeah. A chop is almost certain to never jam. Right. Uh, because you could just be flatting king, queen for sure. Mm -hmm. And now what my kind of debate is, is do we get called often enough when we bet like 40% pot there on the end by aces and ace king to warrant it? No. I think that like uh, his hand seems so face up as a queen. Ten or twenty five percent, you would. Yeah, that's what I said. I I think I like B ten, but yeah. the problem is then when he gets jammed on, he probably calls. Yeah. So twenty five. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I still think it's, I still think it's B ten. Yeah. Uh, I just think like you, you think he calls if he gets jammed on by B ten. I think so because it seems so inducey. Mm. Um, but the thing is, is that we would have to give in position credit for finding bluffs yeah which means that he's gonna have to have hands like jack 10 and ace 10 here that he's just or ace 10 ace jack i mean jack bluffing 10. into that line would just seem suicidal with those correct hands. so it's pretty mm. much always value yeah yeah so i think maybe his bet size on the end uh is probably just a little bit too greedy mm -hmm. and should have either been like i think if you check you do run the risk of paying off a bigger yeah. amount um, but it's if a you, harder decision yeah, to check for sure. than to bet fold. For sure, for sure. Because now a chop certainly could be betting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think if he just like... Basically, I'm just making a, a case that he could have lost left, uh, which is a silly case to even be making because we should just be... A lot of people just go broke there. <laughs> yeah, we should just be celebrating this fold. Yeah. And like, he got a pay jump from it, 115K. That's, that's what's the most remarkable thing. Like, not only did he get... A, not only did he find a way to fold effectively a nutted hand but he did so leaving himself with i think 15 bigs mm -hmm. and worked the pay jump mm -hmm. that's it, a six-figure payday yeah. man like it really does it, it's everything i hate about mtt play but it really <laughs> does highlight how critical it is to understand the nuances when it comes to short stack play navigating pay jumps understanding icm to at least a loose degree knowing your incentives, knowing how money is supposed to go into pots and who is and who's not sensitive uh, to those factors. Mm -hmm. uh, I think like <clears throat> Lefty impressed the shit out of me. Uh, I haven't really heard his name much in the last four or five years. Used to be uh, a reg on the scene, grinding pretty hard, uh, Florida guy, but really good to see him get out there. Congratulations on 13th place finish. That's uh, a, a, a once in a lifetime finish. Uh, and it's kind of crazy too, because like Melissa and I were talking about this in the car as well. Imagine, what do you think is more difficult? Winning a Florida 3500 open field WPT or getting ninth in the WSOP main event? Wow. Oh, winning's so hard. Yeah, winning. Winning's is just, hard. you know. Right? Daniel like, Lash has done it eight times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but he's, he, he's, uh, he's not human. He sold his soul to WPT yeah, really, gods. You really know that. I mean, yeah. there's so many Erica, multiple WPT winners. Yeah, and they says, all sold Shin their soul. Eric Frat, whatever his name they is. They also get to play more volume. <laughs> like, they all sold their soul. What do you want me to tell you? Yeah, they yeah. also get to play a lot more often. Where do I often. sign up to do that, by the way? Um, <laughs> there's a website. It's called www.sellyoursoul. Oh, okay. So Just ask Apollo. He'll, he'll broker the deal. That's true. <laughs> um, Everyone says ninth is easier. 
No fucking no way. way. You're no all way. out of your goddamn mind. You have to get through way more people. You just have to play 80 yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. 7,000 person play time is just absurd. I'm yeah. definitely going WP today. Think how, how many hours of poker you have to play without busting it. The tournament poker is so hard. That, that's the biggest thing to understand is that the, the fewer hands you have to play, the easier it'll be for you to win something. Right. It feels right? like 50x smaller. Right. If yeah. you have to play... If you have to play 800 hands to win a WPT event... Oh, hard. You, they're saying ninth is harder. Okay, yeah, yeah, of okay. course. What, yeah, if you have to play 800 hands to win a WPT you. over the course uh, of... Um, what's the field size in that? Uh, usually like 1,000 at most. Oh, that's it? It doesn't yeah, matter. I was thinking it was it's like... more of the structure, that too, right? That's, that's going to facilitate how yeah. fast... Really? And it's like That's why it's always less first? than a million to first. Wow. Uh, like I five diamonds, <laughs> five five diamonds usually like fourteen hundred people uh -huh. for a ten k, and it'll be like one point five the first. Okay. The thirty five hundreds, uh, I shouldn't say under a thousand. Uh, the, the they range from like eight hundred to twelve hundred people. So the you one get that somewhere. I played had like eight million in the prize pool. Um, maybe you're right. But that was a uh, huge oh, oh, one. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm conflating the the five k buy-in with the thirty five hundred dollar buy-in. Okay. The the 5K is a smaller field. So yeah, I think you're right. I think maybe it's like 2,000 people mm -hmm. um, with like a 7 million. No, because then it would definitely be over a million to first. Maybe it's somewhere in between. Anyway, we're just speculating over yeah. things that, that don't matter that matters, matter that there's much. also re-entries, right? Yeah. So, I, mean, that, I mean, I guess it doesn't Yeah, it's matter, not right? unique. Yeah. Um, but either way, like if we assume, uh, so WPTs are usually like, I think four days, four day events uh, where they're eight hour days. So if you're playing, call it on average, 25 hands an hour, uh, you're playing 200 hands a day over four days, 800 hands to win the whole event. Now it's going to be slightly more because as you That's get shorthanded. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 800 to 1,000 hands to win the entire event. Where do you think, or, or how much easier do you think it is to just get lucky one time over the course of 800 hand sample versus having to play like 3,500 hands? And dodge in coolers. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the main event. Baby. Yeah. Right? So it's just like, it's, it's not even remotely close. You're just, it's, it's a weird, it's actually a weird thing because it's like the, the smaller sample here allows for you to kind of be quote unquote chosen uh, more often. And you would think that the larger sample would allow your skill set to be realized more often. But the reality is both samples are so small, mm -hmm. the variance is still just like ultimately uh making a lot of the the outcomes pre-decided yeah um you know with, with exceptions of like you know luck or uh, lefty folding yeah uh a hand that's just supposed to bust I mean, it right and long, we see that stuff happening a lot in the main the long game in live is so long i'm realizing yeah it's impossible like it's just real i've been lately just trying to wrap my head around the variance of live poker because online it's like a little bit more you know you can stomach it a little bit more just seeing how many hands that you're able to play in a day but with yeah. live like you can run bad for years well, we just, we just <laughs> our brains are just in no way capable of comprehending that level of complex math yeah not in the sense that we don't understand the calculations it's that we we can't experience it Right? Yeah. So we can't attach any sort of rational or irrational emotional experience to the actual math that's taking place right. in order to quantify it in any capacity where we could say like, okay, I recognize I'm playing a game where my skill will actually 
never come to the forefront. Like yeah. variants, no matter what, no matter how good at this game I am, yeah. variants will ultimately dictate uh, the the ceiling or floor right. of my success. Rather be lucky than good. Right. Now, <laughs> that what, what needs to be understood is that doesn't disqualify the skill, mm-hmm. right? Uh, your ceiling is still tremendously higher than it would be without the skill, right? right? I mean, like, how often do you see people, they get like two cool, like cooler people twice in a row, have a mountain of chips, and then like a level later, they've like dusted all of it off from winner's tilt or something crazy. Yeah. They just think that they can't lose anymore. Yeah, or or nothing like that happened, and they were just dealt spots that cost them chips because that's just yeah. the, the nature of the beast. Yeah, a lot of middle pairs. Yeah, you know. but like that that's ultimately what I'm trying to arrive at is that like we have very minimal control in the actual outcomes themselves, and we like to believe that there is a very close correlation between our ability, our execution, and the result. And the fact is that due to uh, a lack of sample for the majority of us, um, there's a, a, a pretty heavy uh, lack of correlation between our ability and execution and the end result. Now, of course, we're able to like navigate variants in some capacities. We're able to execute in certain ways that prevent us from taking on the brunt of it. Lefty's fold being a good example, right? There are certain aspects of being human that allow us to kind of get outside the path of what is scientifically correct mm-hmm. and instead recognize what's exploitively correct. Mm-hmm. And that earns us a lot of extra money whenever you're good at it. Uh, I was talking to LeMan about this yesterday whenever we were on dinner break. I was like, you know, I, I'm very thankful for this uh, opportunity that I'm in. I'm very thankful for the money, but I feel nothing. And uh, every time that I make one of these final tables, it becomes less and less and less meaningful. But to the outsider, it becomes more and more and more meaningful because I'm still the guy without a win. I'm still the guy who, you know, this is my eighth WSOP live final table. I've made, uh, I've made like four out of the last five World Series. So... To consistently be running through fields of a thousand plus people and making it there, the expectation is you'll close one out. Mm -hmm. And when you don't, the implication is that you did something that did not allow you to win the tournament. Mm -hmm. And I am fully accepting that I'm out of control in a lot of instances, right? Like I made the final table this time with 15 big blinds. There's another world where like I just won the ace, king, queen flips. And I made the final table with 50 big blinds. Right. Yeah. And those two different outcomes are the difference between maybe seventh and third or seventh and first. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's so much of it is short-term out of our control. But because we live in a, a qualitative world instead of a quantitative one, we just look at the end result and say like, oh, this guy stinks. Like, I don't care how much money he's made. It probably isn't even all profit. Like, show me his wins. Mm-hmm. And we think so black and white that it really does ruin a lot of the allure. Uh, or maybe not the allure. That's, that's not the right word. It, it ruins a lot of the marketability yeah. of uh, the open field players that are really good at this game. The exception being the outliers. So when you do have a Darren Elias or a Brian Altman that just pillage mm-hmm. uh, the same Ants. fields over and over and over again, it's impossible to think that they haven't figured something out. Right. I mean, they have to have, right? I, I think that they, 
navigate that spectrum that I was kind of speaking to where you can absolutely curb your variance yeah. and increase your win rate if you can delve into the human aspect. Yeah. I think they just know how to fry fish yeah. really well. And that's not to take away from their abilities. They're a obviously great of, poker players. I mean, players. a lot of reps, like a lot of reps in that same pool. Yeah. A lot of seeing that under the gun raise off 50, three betting with ace king. Yeah. And then just recognizing that like, oh, four bet range here. Right is not what it should be mm -hmm. or there's uh, like certain things that people will do that it would never ever be in a solver or a course or anything like like if you're playing cash and the person limp raises and then jams all in blind on the flop like they have aces <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right you have an over pair fold it right you don't have aces fold it <laughs> right those are those are really good qualifications because uh you're right like the sim breaks when we take away the rules mm -hmm. Right, like we're we're, over, we're obviously navigating a very specific subset of parameters yeah. that are entered by us, and the second that that like collapses, yeah, and we say like, well, what happens whenever this guy just like doesn't listen yeah. and limps, yeah, and then doesn't follow it's the like, rules? Oh, well, he shouldn't have that. It, well, he does. <laughs> yeah, well, he does. So now what? <laughs> right, and then he just jams post. Right in the dark. Where's the in the dark setting? Yeah. Can someone yeah. show how it to do me? we how do we sim jamming blind before the flop comes out? Right. <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah, I, I think that um I think we're turning a corner and I think that we've learned a lot about general game theory. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't think we've come anywhere close to the end of the road. Like I think we have lifetimes uh, of learning it's left. It's just an endlessly complex game. Yes. But that said, I think that people are understanding there's much more meat on the bone in taking advantage of the human aspect of the game than there is to getting slightly more uh, precise yes. in very nuanced nodes of the yeah, game. Yeah, that you'll come across like once every right. few months. Yeah. Whereas these, there's, you're seeing these huge mistakes that are happening every day and like finding ways to capitalize on those instead. I think the World Series always, always shines a light on that. Mm -hmm. Right, it's just like a collection of poker enthusiasts from the from across the globe, and then a collection of aspiring professionals and current professionals that are here in the mix. And you get such a healthy mix. It's such a unique ecosystem for a short period of time that it really does reinvigorate that whole idea of like, oh wait, not everybody is sitting around playing GTO trainers twenty four seven, running RTA and getting great and operating and navigating like every spot like they're a bot. Yeah. Like people there is stink. still there is still <laughs> some art left in this game yeah. when when it comes to live open field. I mean how much do you think that like live tells and that type of stuff plays into people like Darren and Brian Altman. It like, has to be a lot. It has to, right? It just has to be, because, like... Because <clears throat> they're just... playing people who, who are tell boxes. Yeah. Like, in those tournaments, like, people have a lot of tells. I'm not great at, t at live tells and stuff. Like, I haven't played enough live, I think, to know them that intimately, but I'm wondering, like, how much... I mean, it's something in. that I pride myself a lot in and has always been a big part of my game, but uh, the more I learn about the the nuances of theory the less reliant on them mm. they are and largely that's just because uh like it's it's always just been a layup against the the recreational who doesn't know what he's doing like you didn't have to put that much effort into the tells yeah because it was so know, obvious like the tells are in his bet size right. his, you know right but like 
uh, regs didn't suddenly become immune to being tells. So I always put my big emphasis on like trying to navigate the average reg mm -hmm. and understanding like where their tells were coming from. The problem is, is that their baseline strategies are getting so much stronger that they're a lot more comfortable in all their decisions, yeah. even when they are bluffing. Yeah. So the tells aren't really quite as helpful right. in the spots where I need them the most. Where you need that weighted coin, I don't want to mix. Mm -hmm. I actually want to have a reason for what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, other than just like, oh, this is a zero EV spot. Like I'll flip a coin in my head. I literally did that in uh, in the 3K this year, where I was in a river bluff catching spot that I knew was 100% zero EV, and I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna mix 50-50, and I took the button and flipped it, and it landed black, so I folded, and the guy showed me a bluff. <laughs> Stupid button. Hard to win flips. Variance, yeah, it's hard man. To Variance. Win flips. It's so brutal. Um, do are you playing more events? Closer. Maybe I. Um, uh, I don't know. You know, <sighs> Conrad still has a full schedule. It would be so awesome to run deep in a live event, and you have to enter in order to do that. Correct. It's just really. You seem over it. I don't. I I don't like live <laughs> tournaments. Yeah. I don't know if I she just, was ever under it. To be honest, I was never yeah, yeah. under it. I was never really like super pumped. I was pumped for the main. Um, the ladies event was fun, but mm -hmm. I just, I really like live cash and I like online tournaments. Yeah. There's, I don't like the, the thing is if, for, if, if you go and you play a live tournament and you're sitting there and you're like, why am I here? You're just, you're done. Exactly. You, you need you to just really, your buy you have to like, really want it. Yeah. Like yeah you gotta want to be there. You gotta yeah. like, cause if you're just there and you're just like, I don't care. You're just going to make a, like a. A bad call yeah, and just exactly. like call it off. Exactly. And, I just want to get. not want to be there. I know. It is um, fucking I, it, beautiful. It because I know. It's amazing. Because I know. Like I'm I looking mean, at my schedule it. this yeah. morning and I'm like, all right, there's probably like five, six tournaments left. And then I start looking, I start thinking, and I look at the calendar. And I was like, wow. I just like August comes a six hundred dollar one mil in fucking Florida. I mean, end of July. It's not even August. I would be down to play the Florida thing. I mean, how can anybody no. not? But, they have but a I, I just uh, know the the odds of actually winning the thing outright in, in a, that field sizes that that as big as the ones that I would be playing, so slim that it's hard for me to feel super jazzed. Whereas if I'm going to just play live cash or something, that's exciting to me because I'm honing a strategy. Like I'm, you know, it's just a different. I, it's just a I different don't like, strategy. Yeah, yeah, it's no, just, no, but I, I don't like feeling like I'm, it's like I'm in entering the lottery. Well, yeah. you're, you're entering you know? the survival. Um, it's a battle well, royale versus, yeah. you know, when I was always in Call of Duty, I was always the one who liked to grind to the multiplayer, uh, like setting. I didn't like to play Warzone, oh, so no. I'm Warzone more of a yeah. stats grinder than a, you know, battle royale player. Yeah, there's like five tournaments left. There's two for me. Stop it. Maybe three. But if you want to win there's your a, bet against Chin, you got to put me in some events. No, nah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> there's a Venetian 5K. There's a the closer. There's a 5K at on Sunday at WSOP. Yeah, that's why I said maybe. I'm playing the Venetian today. If I don't bag, I'm playing the 10K 6 Max tomorrow. Yeah. And then maybe. 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 Stop with your bullshit. Maybe I'll play the 5K Turbo. You're playing the 5K Turbo on Sunday. I mean, the 10K Turbo was shocking. Shocking. Really? Oh, yeah, you guys are saying that. 
I could not, but I got seated at a table with seven recreational. How many entries were there? A lot. It was like 700 at first. Really? It was shocking. There's an $1,100 fucking satellite tonight at eight. Did Papa? Conrad did it. <laughs> satellite for what? The 10K um, 6 Max Turbo. Oh. But first, I got a. No, it's not a Turbo. It, it's. 10K 6 Max is our level. Sorry. I didn't mean to say Turbo. Um, but the 800 is also today, so. Uh, I'm gonna try to bag that. Um, I, I, really, really, really hope I bag the Venetian, but I also, specifically hope I bag a lot of chips, because the 10K6 Max is one of my favorite events, and I don't want to miss it. But I would be so pumped to miss it, <laughs> to actually run deep in, in a WPT mm -hmm. where you know I could potentially win. Wait, yeah, you know, winning's deep. easier than ninth in the main. As we've discussed. <laughs> That's right. It, it's pretty uh, sad that make day late day two and not even cash and then miss the 10k. That would be that would be the worst case well, scenario. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if that's true. The 10k you may be able to buy into the first two. level of day two. Okay. Uh, but I really don't want to do that. I mean, I will, but <laughs> I'm so exhausted of buying into tournaments with 25 blinds. It's such a shitty feeling because like. It's not even that you're doing anything wrong. You're just going to bust a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, you're just mm -hmm. going to lose shit. a flip and be yeah, out <laughs> I love that shit. Conrad just I hate, like, that, that's the, like, that is what I hate. I don't want to go, yeah. go and enter into a flip and go. Well, the thing is exactly that, flip and go. the thing is that you're just fast tracking something that will always happen anyway. Yeah. So, like, if I read it from the start, at some point, I'm going to have to navigate 25 blinds. Right. And the only difference is my emotional investment. Yeah. Yes. Right? So, if... If at the end of max late reg, I have a 25 blind stack, I feel so much better about it than if I had just bought it. Yeah. Wow, because it's really? Like, yeah. It's you like, and I've, all people don't feel like that's time wasted? Of course oh, I know I it's do. time I wasted. Feel, yeah, I like, feel like it is. I know I'm it's like time wasted, but it's it hopium. <laughs> I, had built up, I had built up eight hours of believing that, you know, I had a shot and trying to fade the landmines and everything else. And obviously if I bust like... You know, right around that time or whatever, I'm miserable. Is that the yeah. case if you had a, a ton of chips and then you ended up with 25 blinds? Wouldn't you rather? Oh just God, no. No, no, no. If I have a ton of chips and they get taken away from me, there's that's no what? scenario where I would be okay with it. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought you meant. I was like, wait, what? Usually, if I end up with 25 at the end of late reg, yeah. that is what happens. You mean like I you just never want a pot and you just end up with 25 blinds? Just like grinding all day. Yeah, that was miserable. I should have came after dinner. Yeah. It makes me feel invested in the event. Like, I really put my best foot forward. Like, even today, I didn't realize it was the last day of the Venetian. I might have skipped the pot ahead. I realized that. But I have to go get my payout to get cash. It's going to be 3.30 by the time I get, get there. take me to get my car. So it's like, I'm going to be <laughs> I'm gonna be getting it at, like, level 4 or level 5. And now I don't feel like I've given this tournament my best, even though if I had signed up on time and busted at level 4 or level 5, I would have snap re-entered. Yeah. You know, it's just... Honestly, it's just an emotional thing where I don't want to deal with the 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 shortish stack play that doesn't allow you to go post so mm -hmm. early in the event mm -hmm. but it's it's meaningless yeah. it's utterly meaningless as long as you can at some point win a flip get to 50 bigs then you can just you know navigate accordingly it, uh, you, you sit down and you see somebody with 100 blinds and you have 20 and it's just like fuck you man exactly. <laughs> and he's looking at me going I paid my dues I was here and it's yeah. like yeah I know I get it well now I have to take this this is the silent Sorry. conversation that's going on between you guys 100% yeah. well, we, we just exchange a quick glance yeah, exactly. and a what's up and that's, that's exactly what, what exchange but here's the good feeling though when you know like 
Those chips are coming this way, and you you were here for the last eight levels. That never happens, but when it does, <laughs> on a, the rare yeah. occasions where it does, just run it, it right really, up. Honestly, like looking back, uh, like just doing some reflection of any deep run that I've ever had in like WSOP, including like last year's 10K6 Max, all of them start the same way. I won a massive hand a couple levels into the day and never look back. Mm-hmm. Like if That's I can ideal. just. Like getting a hold of chips is so fucking important yes. it is. in the early the levels. Name of the game. And what we actually <laughs> what we actually accept as MTT players or when we are MTT players is that our sole goal is to get a lot of chips on day one. It's not to survive in advance, it's sure. to accumulate a lot. And with that accumulation strategy comes busting a lot on day one. And the problem is, is that the busting of day one feels so fucking bad and you feel like such a failure. And such a loser <laughs> that it dampens the times that, you know, I played, I don't know, 30 events this year, this uh-huh. summer. Twice I ran up a stack on day one. Twice I made deep runs, right? And those don't stick out to me as much as the pain mm-hmm. of the 27 <laughs> events where I just had 20 fucking blinds all goddamn day and never did anything. Yes. Right? Because it feels yeah. so out of your control. Yes. The pain is so absurd. You're like, why? Like, that's how I felt on day two of the Millie Maker. I was just so card dead. I was like, why? And I'm watching all these people around me just cooler each other. And I'm like, why can't I? I want to play too, man. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> reminds me of anything. like, it reminds me when you're shot taking cash yeah. and you have like X amount of bullets uh-huh. and you have a decision to make of whether to add on a partial bullet or to fire it all. Yes. And you almost always decide to fire it all. Yes. And then you get cut down. Yes. And now you have 50 bigs. <laughs> right. And now you have to make a decision of, do you play the 50 blind stack in a high EV spot uh-huh. or do you quit? Right. Right. And the decision's always going to be to stay. Yeah. And all I'm sitting there doing is watching like cold calls of three bets for 15 blinds pre and saying to myself, I have to add on. I know. I need to find a way <laughs> to add on. I know. But you can't because now you're playing a, tor- a tournament. Mm-hmm. And that's like the most unsettling feeling in the world for a cash game. When player. everyone else is not playing a tournament and you are. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Which is exactly what the only levels of MTTs yes. are, by the way. Everybody else, or you're the only one there who's playing a fucking tournament. Everybody else is just there to splash. Yeah. <laughs> true. All right, I got to get to work. Andre, yeah. you were so talkative today. I, uh, I'm going to miss you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving Sunday. Yeah. Where are you was- going? To tell the viewers. I'm going to the East Coast, then I'm going to Italy, then I'm going to Malaysia. He's going, going around to, the entire globe is what he's doing. Then I'm going to Cyprus. I realized I'm going to Malaysia for an undisclosed amount of time. I have no clue how long. It might lead me to the end of August and I, beginning of September, I have to go to Cyprus. So I might not even come back. Wow. Mm. I wow. might just stay in Malaysia and then go to Cyprus and then be back end of September. Are you excited for this? No. God, no. Okay, oh, yeah. That, that's, that's fascinating to me. You're not excited. I'm fucking jealous. No, I I'm not jealous at all. I'm not jealous, I'm so jealous. at all. I, that's so much traveling. Yeah, that's it's too much. Bro, you're I traveling for an entire season. Yeah. It'll be winter when you get back. And Well, that's not true. It'll be close. No, it'll be autumn. For a little bit. For a no. smidge. You'll be here for a smidge of autumn. You'll be here for October. Yeah, October is... And November autumn. is winter. No, it's not. Eh, it's winter. Winter doesn't start until yeah, December 21st. Is. Yeah. You grew up in Pittsburgh. Winter fucking starts on September 2nd. Well, we live in Vegas now, so in the uh, it'll, be, it'll also, be 80 degrees in I'm November. I'm just exhausted. Winter does start on October 2nd. You know, you guys, you guys know to an extent, I, I'm very antisocial. So whenever I do these events with, like, Brian. Oh, um, I get that. I, I went home, and I just sat by myself for two hours mm-hmm. on the computer because I, I needed to decompress from just yeah. being social. Recharged. I, I actually had to do that, like, 
couple of days. Is, what yeah. do you, what like, is wow, sleep? I haven't really recharged in a while. <laughs> I think I fell asleep pretty quickly last <laughs> night. You just yeah, need to, to, to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. But Cut yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. I just, you know, well, there's a lot of stuff. Well, are, are, are you of the impression that this is like just an opportunity you can't pass on? Is that why? I have no clue. I have, that's why I'm going to Malaysia to figure this out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the TLDR for everybody at home is that I got offered a position in Malaysia uh, with Triton. And I'm going to figure out whether or not it's a good fit. Um, they want me, they're doing a lot of really cool stuff. And it's a big move because there's a lot of stuff that I'm doing here, obviously with you guys, with run it up guys, um, you know, <coughs> Tom calls the WPT sometimes. And there, there's a lot of different places here that um, I feel I can still help, but. And also be home. And, and also be home. It's <laughs> a nice luxury. But we'll see. I mean, everything's, everything's transitory, well, right? congratulations on the opportunity. Yep. Excited to see you take advantage of it. I don't envy you one bit. No. Uh, I, I would probably negotiate around that much travel if I could. <laughs> um, I hope it works out. I Find an underling, man. No, no, no. That's why I have, like, Guapo here. He's, he's no, no, no. no to, I know. A, a remote underling. I know, I know, I know. It's, it's difficult, right? One of the hardest parts about Triton, in my opinion... They're based out of Malaysia. Malaysia is predominantly Muslim. You can't gamble. Yeah. So the, really? you're not allowed to gamble if you're I didn't Muslim. even know it was predominantly Muslim. Yeah. That's what I said. Wow. So uh, there's not a rich poker scene there, right? When 40%, you're just axing 60% of the population. Um, so a lot of the guys there, you know, they, they can use more poker knowledge. Not that I have a ton, but I definitely have more. And then I just have... The weirdest resume of anyone. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm in production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack of all trades, master of. I. I don't want to finish that sentence. I think you are I master. Have, of, I, I. I think you are master of some things. But the 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 issue is is that uh, you're a boots on the ground kind of guy. Ever since I've known you, you've been sure. that. And I think the problem is is that doesn't scale very well. Of course. And. But I can be high level, right? Like at Run It Up, I was, I was both. Right, right. I think at some point, though... I have to transition completely. Well, you have to build out more of you, right? Like, you're... Of course. We're not that special, yourself included. Like, the skills that you've acquired are teachable. Yeah. And sure, maybe you need... Maybe for, like, the five areas that you have expertise, you need five separate people. That's fine, though. So, I think... I even told them my actual job would be to come out there and just offload all this stuff yeah to the minions yeah, yeah there and hopefully you know i can just leave after a year or something six months <sighs> i don't even know if i'm going to do it you know sure how the hell is malaysia predominantly muslim <laughs> i'm sitting here i had to go look at a map because i was like wait am i completely off on this like i know where it is i know what it's in between how is this even possible indonesia vietnam thailand like i mean indonesia is predominantly muslim as well I need to go back to social studies. And then there's East Malaysia and West <laughs> Malaysia too. Do you know about that? No. Okay, so East Malaysia is the one that's connected to in- Indonesia. West Malaysia is the side that's connected to like Thailand and stuff. Okay. And so I'm going to West Malaysia. Yeah. Oh. It is. So you're going to land in, in Thailand for a little while. Oh, I'm definitely going to Thailand. You know, they yeah. have, 
I don't know if they do. Last time I was there, 2009, they have $6 hour massages. Let's take what? a month and go to Thailand. It's like, yeah. I see Melissa's eyes right now. $6 hour Let's massages. just take a month yeah. and go to Thailand. Let's just bring the podcast to fuck it. You know, it, this is fuck it. It's, it's not fuck it. <laughs> It's Guys, it's fuck it because we're gonna say fuck uh, it and we're gonna bring the uh, podcast there. Like, also, do you know? Do you know of everyone in this room? Melissa's the only one who wants a happy ending at the massage <laughs> party. So, so true. I don't want like a happy ending from some old woman. Like I don't. It's not. It, it's like it, I've gone to nice massage places and like it's like a, a younger guy and I'm just like, <gasps> is this the time that it's gonna? Happen? <laughs> like this is like he'll be like on my glutes and I'm like. It's gonna happen. <laughs> this is the time we've been waiting for. It never happens. Oh man, I wish that I could actually believe that your viewpoints represent that of any other women. Right. I know. Yeah. It's so close. Yeah. It's never the case. Yeah. It's so closely aligned to like the way that we think. Right. That I just feel like it can't really represent other no. women. I, maybe though. Maybe every they just don't massage talk about any it. one of us have ever gotten when they get to the quads, we're just like, oh yeah. I'm like, it's gonna. Happen. Happened. Yeah. I saw the way he was looking. Yeah, her hands gonna slip. Never it's gonna happens. go in her thigh. Where it's gonna be over yeah. from there. It never happened. I've watched too many movies. Way, way too many yep. movies. I'm booking movies. this house in Thailand. They're movies, yeah. <laughs> way too many movies. All right, I gotta go to work. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, please like, subscribe, leave a comment below. Let us know who you're pulling for in the main event final table. Shout out to my man Espen. That's who uh, who we're rooting for here. Uh, also, Matthew Sue, big, big fan of his. Asher's oh, let's go there. Asher. Asher's in there too. Let's go Asher. Yeah, <laughs> go Asher. He busted me out of the fucking WBT championship. <laughs> okay. so salty, salty, salty. That's how he got his start, man. It was like the first. Oh, he, the Borgata. Yeah. When he misclicked, <clears throat> misclick. Yeah. He won the he won the opener or chopped it for like 100k. That was like his first score ever. Yeah. Parlays that into the 15k championship event. Wins it. Wow. For like sick. a million. Sick parlay. And then never looks back. So, yeah, I mean, like, he's had his run. <laughs> he's in the final yeah. table of the goddamn he, man he, he played now. well, though. He, he no, played he's great. Well. His yeah. pre-flop was great. I, I'm, I'm busting his balls a little bit, but like, he plays well. Um, I'm just salty. I, 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 don't, I don't know how these stories come to be. I don't get it. I just don't get it. This is the seventh place finish for the fi- uh, yeah. 2,500. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that's the thing. It's like, I, some, there's someone out there. Who like has looked all, looked at the path or or the timeline of my career and is just like I don't understand how does this guy do it <laughs> fifth in the super high roller uh-huh. bowl second in uh in the circuit event for 200k like eight final tables how does he do it like he's a cash game player but like from my perspective it's just like how the fuck am I always there and never win any goddamn thing you know it's just like uh, what, what are we gonna do I'm playing break even <laughs> on the other side of the court the coin Corey just wrote yeah. Espen's had a rough summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last WSOP, uh, Somerville's old karate student, when he was like 15, the kid was like five or something like that. He came out, he's like, hey, I'm in Vegas. Uh, you want to you wanna hang out? Uh, he comes to Vegas, and this, I'm going to butcher this story a little bit, but he, he's like never played poker before in his life. Enters his first tournament, finishes second. Sure, <laughs> sure. And he's just like, oh, I'm not bad at that. Okay, let me teach you a couple things. Uh, in that tournament, he had to ask, like, what full house beats what? Oh, oh no. my God. And then he goes to play his next tournament, and he, he binks 
Stop. He, win, he wins. <laughs> he wins his bracelet. How his first I bracelet. I would love to just like follow, this like see great. their hand. This is why bracelets don't mean anything. Oh, he's, he's 21 as well. We I would go. love to see the hand history from the tournament because I'm really like bewildered at how this happened. This is so. this is why nothing matters. <laughs> nothing matters. Bracelets don't matter. Nothing means anything. I'm going to play WPT 5K today. Enjoy my donation. Like, subscribe, leave a comment below. We'll see you guys here tomorrow. We're going to preview the main event final table. We're going to talk about who we know, who we don't know, who we think is a favorite, and uh, how annoying ICM can be. Thank Thanks. you guys so much for watching. We'll see you then. Bye. Let's get it popping.